Hello, my friends and fellow Catholics. Welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 153 of the Informed Catholic for 2020. And today I have an article from foreignpolicy.com. And it's, um, I don't know why it's labeled an argument. I first have ever seen that. But I guess it's the same as an opinion piece. Uh, China is already breaking its Vatican deal. Ordinary Catholics deserve to know the details of the arrangement. By Benedict Rogers. All right, before we begin, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and share. And tell your friends and share with your friends uh, I don't advertise, but word of mouth seems to be a great help, and I really appreciate it. So please share this podcast, tell your friends. This would help all the podcast platforms, including uh, Anchor and Spotify, which my podcast is distributed from, and uh, it will let all the other podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts, Outcasts, and Apple Podcasts, all of them that you actually like and enjoy this podcast and want to see more of it. So please help. Um, And so let's begin with a prayer, please. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, Our Lady of Fatima, please pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the church and terror of demons, please pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Augustine, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory. So, now we have an article here that is by foreign policy. This is not a religious website. This has nothing to do with Catholicism or anything, but is reporting on what... the article, the writer says, what ordinary Catholics deserve to know, the details of the arrangement between the Vatican and China. This is communist China. This has nothing to do with being xenophobic. This has nothing to do with being anti-Chinese. It's nothing to do with that. We're talking about the communist machine in China, the government, okay? And unfortunately, we have a Pope that is very sympathetic to the communist Chinese. We all know about the McCarrick scandal. Well, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who was put on ice by Pope Benedict XVI, sidelined, benched, however you want to call it, was put out of action because of his behavior. Um, Many people believe, including Michael Voris, Dr. Taylor Marshall, that McCarrick was trained in St. Gallen, Switzerland. It was a hotbed of communism, including Freemasonry. And that McCarrick, he made several visits there. He was also part of the St. Gallen Mafia. This is a group of cardinals who plotted the next papal election during the reign of Benedict XVI 
they really hated Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI. They wanted him out of the way. And they placed their target. I mean, the first, during the election after John Paul II, may he rest in peace, passed away. Jorge Bergoglio came in second to Cardinal Ratzinger during the election. They targeted that man for some reason during that election. And it shifted, it changed. It gave the pap- the papacy was given to Ratzinger. Now, several years later, Benedict decides to resign. And then who do they decide to target again? They choose the man who was second runner up to the papacy the first time, the last time. And that was Jorge Bergoglio, the Jesuit. Now, they decided that they wanted him in St. Gallen, Switzerland. And uh, McCarrick revealed it. He revealed that some influential Italian gentleman asked him about Bergoglio, that Bergoglio could fulfill what 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 they want for the church. And they had their targets on him. And they got him. They got the man that they wanted. And... Bergoglio becomes, uh, takes the title, the name uh, of Francis, and puts McCarrick back into action. Sends him off to China to broker a deal. Now, whatever it was, part of the deal was, unfortunately, it, it uh, threw Chinese Catholics under the, the bus, under the, the communist war machine. <coughs> Excuse me, just ask uh, Cardinal Zen about that the retired cardinal, and he will tell you that Francis has betrayed the Chinese Catholics. And um, basically, it also gave the Chinese communists uh, a stepping, uh, the Vatican offered them an access through the Vatican to Italian politics, and then from there into European politics. And the Vatican gets a certain amount of money. I don't know exactly, uh, I know it's a lot of money, it gave them money. And unfortunately, here you have a photograph. You see the back of Pope Francis, and right in front of him is a Chinese communist flag. A worshiper waves the flag of China as Pope Francis leaves following the weekly general audience at St. Peter's Square in the Vatican in June 12, 2019. All right, uh, let's begin. Let's begin the article. All right, so China is already breaking its Vatican deal. Ordinary Catholics deserve to know the details of the arrangement by Benedict Rogers, September 17th, 2020, 6.22 p.m. All right. At, at a time when much of the rest of the world is starting to wake up to, these, to the repression, um... Mendacity and dangers of the Chinese Communist Party regime, the Chinese Communist Party regime, the Vatican is getting even deeper in bed with it at a time when that regime is intensifying repression of religion, including Catholics in China. Pope Francis is is renewing an accord with Beijing that has yielded no benefits yet save for President Xi Jinping, and and only disunity and suffering for the Catholic Church. I'm guessing this guy is Catholic. 
two years ago, the Vatican signed a provisional agreement, a provisional agreement with Beijing, valid for two years. It had been a long time coming, and I and others tried to warn of dangers before the deal was done. When it was announced, I expressed concerns, but also tried to give a to give a pope whom I admire the benefit of the doubt. Okay, he's Catholic. China is already breaking the deal. Only last week, Zhenzi uh, province, descending Catholic priests had been placed under house arrest in breach of an agreement to protect clergy from uh, coercion. coercion. Priests from Yunjiang diocese under surveillance had been forbidden from engaging in any religious activity in the capacity of clergy after they refused to join the regime's so-called patriotic church and Bishop Lu Zenming was barred from celebrating Mass. This was predictable from the start. Everything about the deal was wrong. Firstly, the timing in the midst of the worst crackdown on religion since the Cultural Revolution. The text was and remained secret, so no one other than its negotiators and the Pope know the details. As the result was to give an atheist dictatorship a decision-making role in the appointment of bishops. But two years ago, while I expressed my skepticism, I held out for the possibility that I was wrong and that the Pope was right. I am, after all, only a seven-year-old Catholic convert. Welcome to the church. Having been received into the church on Palm Sunday 2013 in Maymar by Cardinal Charles Bow, and I didn't come into the church to take on the Vatican hierarchy, let alone the Pope. Indeed, I am not. Other than one issue, are a critic of Francis, I love this emphasis on mercy and forgiveness. And I came into the church just 11 days after he was elected to the papacy. I have, I have uh, grown up as a Catholic with him and I, I want to support him. He means in his conversion. I held out for the possibility that I was wrong. Okay, hold on. Sorry. An ad popped up. I held out for the possibility that I was wrong and that the Pope was right. Yet, in the past two years, nothing has made me think that my skepticism about the deal was misplaced. On the contrary, I remain more convinced today than ever that the deal is very profoundly naive, wrong, immoral, and dangerous. I don't doubt the good intentions behind it, but they are deeply misplaced. For a start, why was the release of Catholic clergy and lady in jail before the deal was signed, uh, not you know, signed and not made, and secured as a precondition, as it is. To my knowledge, there have been no releases, and yet more arrests and detentions, at, at, as the Zhangzi case shows. Wow. Okay, right, let's continue here. Hold on. All right. Even in Hong Kong, um, 
hold on, even in Hong Kong, the regime appears to have already exerted an influence over the Catholic diocese. Directly or indirectly, Cardinal John Tung issued uh, instructions to all priests, watch your language in the homilies and even avoid making politically provocative provocative comments. I'm sorry. The diocese issued new, uh, new instructions to Catholic schools to discourage students from participating in protests and published religious textbooks with guidance on how on, on Hong Kong students can on how Hong Kong students can contribute to their nation with a clear pro paging slant and, and effectively banned an initiative by Catholic to activists to mobilize a prayer campaign for Hong Kong. It is unclear whether the pressure for these measures came from Beijing or Rome, or out of fear in the diocese of the wrath of both, the brazenness of the of the regime, tightening the screws in Zhangzi just days before the renewal of the arrangement, illustrates how one-sided this deal is. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhou Lejian said last week that the agreement was implemented successfully and that the, the two sides will continue to maintain close communications and consultation and improve bilateral relations. From Beijing, from Beijing's point of view, he's he's right. The deal has succeeded in furthering the regime's control of the church, the Catholic Church in China, repressing dissent and buying the Pope's silence. So let me read that last paragraph. From Beijing's point of view, he is right. The deal has succeeded in furthering the regime's control over the Catholic Church in China, repressing dissent and buying the Pope's silence. Well, that's the that's the thing with um, with I think the Vatican II clergy is they they don't do things the way a Catholic Church is supposed to do. Yes. It's true. I, I would even say before the Vatican II, they chose caution with governments. But I think the problem here is that Francis is too complacent. He he doesn't he doesn't think as a Catholic theologian. He doesn't think with the philosophy and the knowledge and the the wisdom of the Church Fathers. He doesn't use that. He thinks in more the wisdom of the world. All right, let's continue. The deal has succeeded in furthering the regime's control. Okay, that's this is just a, a bio here from, from the paragraph. The regime's control of the church in China, repressing dissent and buying the Pope's silence. Francis, who most Sunday highlights one or another area of injustice and in human rights around the world, and rightly so when he prays the Anglis, has stayed conspicuously silent. He stayed silent on the uh, precaution of Christians in China, repression of Christians in China. The, uh, the atrocities committed against the Uyghur Muslims, which may well amount to genocide, or the repression in Hong Kong or Tibet until now, not a word of prayer or solidarity for the repressed people of China um, has passed his lips publicly. Such is the tragic price of this worthless deal. Ideally, I would advocate for this deal to be abandoned. 
and I do know, and I do in principle, absolutely. There are two reasons I don't, I, uh, I don't in practice just yet. First, I know it will fall on deaf ears. The diplomats in the Vatican are determined, and it will be renewed. Second, we still do not know in detail what is what is in the arrangement. It is difficult to categorically reject a text we have not yet fully seen. So instead, I say this to Rome. I say this to Rome. If it is such a great deal, despite all the evidence in the contrary, tell us what's in it. Come on, pleasantly surprise us. As a Catholic, I believe in miracles and I am prepared to be persuaded, but secrecy and silence are not the way. So reveal, review, and then, if it's so bad as the current evidence suggests, repeal the, the deal. Supporters of the deal will say that the Vatican is playing a long, a long game. But if so, it's, it's too long for the millions of Uyghurs, Muslims in prison camps, slavery, or under Orwellian surveillance, too long for the churches which are bulldozed, closed, under surveillance, or, or whose crosses are torn down and priests jailed, too long for the prisoners of, of, uh, of conscience who, or whose, or, um, whose organs are harvested for too long, for Hong Kong, whose freedoms are being rapidly dismantled. Compromise for short-term gain may be defensible, total sellout, for no gain at all, and an undermining of the church's moral authority is not. The Chinese Communist Party knows how to make use of what Lenin described as useful idiots. Mao was adept in, at using fellow travelers. When you have Vatican officials extolling the, the virtues of Chinese communists, as the Chancellor of the Pontifical Academy of Science Bishop Marcelo Sanchez Sarando did when he described it as the best example of Catholic social teaching. It is evident that the Vatican has provided Beijing with both useful idiots and fellow travelers. I will always gunifleck at the altar in a Catholic church when I, what I, what I, what I won't do, and I don't think any Catholic should do, is curtailed to a brutal, repressive, tyrannical regime. I don't think the Pope should be made to do so either. All right, that's the end of this article. It's the end of this article. And um, wow, I would say, uh, well done, my friend. You, you, you really wrote a beautiful article here. This is a fantastic article. Um, it's sad. And I think a lot of it has a lot to do with Pope Francis his experience with, uh, I think his failure, his failure um, back in Argentina during the uh, the communist regime, the repressive tyrannical regime there, something happened. I remember in the movie, The Two Popes, and I, it's, you know, it, it, you know, it's, I think the problem is socialists just don't, they are materialistic. People like that do not believe in miracles and don't believe uh, in in faith. They don't believe in that. They they see only this world. And I don't know. 
for me, I've never been able to connect with this man. Maybe because I've been a Catholic a lot longer than than uh, than this gentleman here. But I I I'm a I was baptized under John Paul II. And Benedict is the second pope I've I've experienced. This is the third pope I've experienced. And Francis um Francis to me is the mo the probably the one pope I don't connect to. I have love I I I pray for him, but I cannot connect to him. And I and I think it's because he does not connect with people. Whatever it is he thinks he's doing, I don't know why he does it. I don't know why he's gone so far distant. It, there's a line in, I remember from that series, The Tudors, I know it was a risque series. Yes, I'm quite aware of that. Um, there's a line where Peter O'Toole played the Pope who had to deal with Henry VIII. Peter O'Toole, the actor, he was a very famous actor. He said that, I'm afraid, when he was referring to Henry VIII, he has gone so far into the deeper waters that it's almost now impossible for me. I want him to reach out to my hand and I want us to solve this problem together. But I'm afraid he's sinking. Sorry, it was a car outside my window. He He's sinking and he won't reach out for help. And I think it's the same thing with Pope Francis. Pope Francis has gone so out in whatever his Vatican II ideology has taken him. And I and I honestly believe that he is going to be the end of the Vatican II church. And uh him and uh all that all, all those who are with him, they're on their own now. They they're gone far beyond the reach of any help. And I really do believe that this is the end of the Vatican II, the the Novus Ordo Church. I believe not the end of the church. But the end of the Vatican II Church, I think we're about to see, and Francis will be that that man, that that particular Pope. He is going to be the last of it, um, you know, because it's proving it's proving itself to be a failure. It this is not the Church that Christ established. This is not the Catholic Church that Christ wants. This is a Church uh, that this is a Catholic Church devoid. Of Christ's authority. This is the church, mainly a man's church, a human mortal church, conceived out of out of the minds of men without faith. I'm not saying Pope John Paul was not a man of faith. I think him and Benedict were were part of that old uh, of you know because they grew up with that Latin Mass. They tried very hard to to bring the 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 Normus ordo with alignment with the traditions of the past but many of the men in the Normus ordo church reject everything of the past this is it this is the vatican II. this is Normus ordo what you see in francis is completely Normus ordo devoid of morality devoid of of the holy spirit devoid of of the authority of Christ, completely man-made. What you will get is a man-made Christ. What you will get is a man-made version of the Trinity. What you will get is the man-made version of sexual of, of sexuality without God. This is it, and I think we're not going to see anything else. And I think we're only about to see is this spiral end of it.
completely because that's this is what they want. This is Jim Martin's church. All right, this is this is it. Now the only thing that's left is some of the bishops have to make their minds. Is this what you want? Is this the church you want? What do you and, and if you are, then be prepared. You're going to pay the price for it. Your souls are going to pay the price for it. I hate to say it. The the sacrament, yes, the Eucharist is still valid because it's 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 owned by Christ. It's his body and blood. But the rest of the church is not Christ's. I'm sorry. That's it. I know what I'm saying is quite I mean, I I know I'm going off the really, I mean, I'm taking a risk for saying this, but I think this is it. This is really it. You know, are we just going to have to sit back and watch? There's nothing we can do except pray and keep praying. That's all. But, you know, there's nothing more. I'm going to end it here. And so uh, I'll get back to you again uh, with another article. All right.